Let me take a deep dive this morning. We don't have time to muck around, so let's get straight into it with a question. The question I'm asking right from the get-go this morning, I want you to think about this and really think about it seriously, although I suspect some of you won't have to give it much thought because the answer will be right at the forefront of your mind. And the question is this, I want you to put your hand up in, in answer to this if, this, if this is you. How many of you this morning need a breakthrough in some area of your life? Just give me a, a hand up if that's you. An area or potentially multiple areas of your life. Those of you that said yes to that question, there's a little index card near you and there will be a pen near you. I want you to grab that index card. I want you to grab a pen and I want, to, I want you to write down whatever it or those things are that you need a breakthrough. And I want you to hang on to this. I'm gonna do something with this in a little while, but take the time right now, whatever the area or areas of your life, I'm not gonna even prompt you with some examples at this point because some of you, <laughs> you drove in this driveway with that on the forefront of your mind, an area that you need breakthrough. Some of you have been laboring to get a peaceful night's sleep for, for, for this week or for a lot longer than that because of this area of your life that you need a breakthrough. Some of you have been carrying an area in your life and you've felt stuck for, for a lot longer than a week. In some cases, it could be months. In some cases, it could be years. Whatever it is or whatever those things are, I want you to write them down on this piece of paper and I want you to, to keep that nearby this morning as I speak this morning. And when you've done that, or if you're not doing that, that's cool. If it's not what, what you've come here asking God about, either way, how about you pop open the Elevate app and tap the Bible tile. And uh, unfortunately, it'll boot you out of our app. We're working on that. It's a bit of an arm wrestle with us. And I won't mention any particular tech company whose name may or may not start with G. And uh, tap the Bible uh, and it will take you to an account of a... Of a, of a, a pretty short incident in history where a gentleman was at the right place at the right time. And John records the account of this gentleman who, who went to work on a particular day and he turned up to his place of, of, of work, the same place that he'd been turning up to for 38 years but when he left home that morning, he was not aware at the outset of his travel to his place of work that Jesus would be passing by that day. And because Jesus passed by that day, this gentleman discovered that he was in the right place at the right time. And I wanna prompt your faith this morning that you are here this morning in the house of God that we've been singing about, that we've been reflecting on what David wrote about the house, that you are here in the right place at the right time, that you're not here this morning just out of habit, although being here is a good habit. You're not just here because your spouse dragged you, although if they did, I give them a big shout out. But I also say to you, well done that you, that you submitted. Whatever reason you came to be here, I wanna to declare to you and I wanna stir your faith up that if you need a breakthrough, you're in the right place at the right time. And this is what John recorded of this particular incident in history. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. 
Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five uh, covered colonnades. Here, and I want you to remember that word. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. He'd been turning up to, the, to the, the sheep gate, this place called Bethesda, every day for 38 years. He'd been turning up here. When Jesus saw him lying there and learnt he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked the invalid, do you want to get well? John doesn't give us much information about the other people that were also gathered, that, that, that would also turn up to this same place. But he made the point that this guy had been there for 38 years. Guys, that sounds like a long time to me. And I want you to notice what Jesus did is Jesus of all the people that were there, of all the blind people, of all the lame people, of all the paralysed people that were there, Jesus seemingly likely went to the worst case scenario and said, I'm gonna start with him. And it's important if you need a breakthrough and for those of you that do, to understand that, that, that your job isn't to say Jesus no for Him. Your job isn't to crop Him out of your situation. Your job isn't to say it's probably too hard for Jesus because Jesus is down with going for the worst case scenarios and you might think that's you. There's no way Jesus could help me break through my addiction. You may have said to yourself, there's no way that Jesus could help calm my anxiety that I've been struggling with for years. You may have said to yourself, there's no way that Jesus could ever heal this relationship. You may have been saying to yourself for years. And so if you conclude that there's no way that Jesus can help you, then you don't even represent. You don't even bother turning up here where he may potentially cause you to have a breakthrough. And Jesus asks the invalid a question. Do you want to get well? Now, 20 years ago, when I was starting my preaching career, I would preach this story. And I would say, when I read the bit about, do you wanna get well? What a stupid question. Jesus, you're an idiot. Of course he wants to get well. He's a flippin' invalid after all. And he's been there for 38 years and didn't seem that life's getting much better for him. And you come along and say, do you wanna get well? Uh, duh, Jesus, duh. At least that's what I used to preach 20 years ago. But one thing I still can't wrap my head around after preaching for 20 plus years and after being in church leadership for 20 plus years <laughs> is not everyone wants to get well. In fact, some people will turn up to their church service, live experience, worship experience, mass, whatever they call it. And some people will turn up there frequently 
with absolutely zero intention of changing. Now, they never say that. You know, park your car in the car park, walk up to the front door, one of the host team, high fives you, fist bump. How's it going? Good, good. How's your week? Yeah, it's okay. Man, what do you want God for you to do today? Absolutely nothing, thanks. No one says that. But, but the trees can make a lot of noise, but the fruit doesn't lie. And I've seen people year after year, decade after decade, produce little or no fruit that suggests that Jesus, that they're open to Him, transforming them on the inside. There is a difference between being here and being here. Several mornings a week, I am part of a swim squad. Swim squad starts at 5.30, so I turn up. Uh, the doors of the complex, there's an there's a indoor pool, there's an outdoor pool, there's a gym. The doors of the complex open at 5.30 and all the early uh, birds that are, that, are, that are there and have to get their session in are queuing up, waiting for the, the, the morning staff to open the door. And um, there's one guy there, there was a lot of people there, one guy in particular, he's there five mornings a week, queuing up, before the doors open at 5.30, he's there five mornings a week without fail. And uh, I've been part of that swim squad for nearly seven years. And I've seen this guy five days a week for at, before 5.30 a.m. for seven years. And, and, and I remember I, I, he was one of the first people I noticed when I first started uh, that swim squad, started at that swim squad, and I noticed him because he was big. And, and by big, I mean morbidly obese, big, like ginormous big. And so, you know, I just noticed him. And um, so what happens is the, the staff open the complex and uh, you, you go in and, and you go through to the left to go to the pool, that's me, or you go to the right to go to the gym and this is what this particular gentleman does. So I go left, he goes right, gym, swim. 5.30 a.m., my squad finishes um, in the outdoor pool at seven. And so I'm walking back to my preferred mode of transport um, and I have to walk past the indoor pool just, just as it happens. And this gentleman, five mornings a week, by this stage, he's finished his time in the gym and he's now in the indoor pool and he's in the walking lane. There's, there's two lanes uh, roped off for, for the walking lane. The only problem is he's never walking. He's leaning and he's talking. And, and it's not the walk, leaning and talking lane. It's meant to be the walking lane. And I've watched him five mornings a week and I don't know what he does in the gym. I don't know if he, if he I don't know what he does. I swim, he gym. And I'm not fat shaming whatsoever. It's not my style. But... And you might say, well, you know, at least he's there. But the effectiveness of one's health regime isn't measured by your perfect attendance record. It's measured by transformation. And after seven years, this guy looks exactly the same as he did seven years ago. And my challenge and my encouragement to you, to all of us, is never, ever, Bring that attitude to God. Never ever walk through those doors 
with a, with a thought or even an unspoken reluctance to allow God to do something in you with a stubbornness, with a hardness of heart, with a sense, with a, well, I don't, I don't care what songs we sing this morning. I'm doing this. And, and when it's over, and thank God it is, I, I, I don't care if Mark preaches his flipping intestines out. I'm, I'm not gonna do anything he, he says. And, and, and this giving stuff as if, because here's the thing, you can come in every single Sunday and clock up a perfect attendance record, but Jesus' goal isn't for you to be here, it's to be here. Now, being here is a start, but you've gotta be here to have Him transform you. So let's just say you are serious about your breakthrough. Don't call it out, but I wonder what's on your list. Is it something like a job? I, I'm, I'm looking for a, a new job, a better job, a different job. Is it a bank balance? I'm looking for a better bank balance, less credit card debt, more savings and investments. Uh, is it a new spouse, not a different spouse, not a, <laughs> although it could be an upgrade to your current spouse, uh, yeah, meaning same person, just, all right. I don't know where you thought I was going with that. Maybe you wanna live in a nicer address, not down south near the beach. <laughs> Maybe you want a different bus. You're happy with the job, but your bus drives you crazy. Maybe, maybe, some of, maybe that's an example of, of some of what you wrote on the list. I wonder though how many of you may have written some of these things on your list. God, I need a breakthrough in the insecurities that I can't seem to get past, that I've carried since my high school days, that, that, that the, the words that people have spoken to me that I'll never amount to anything, that I can't seem to shake off this, this sense that I am not enough and that I can't get my head around who you say I am and that's holding me back in other areas of my life. I wonder how many of you wrote down selfishness I wanna become more generous. I believe in my head when Solomon wrote that the world of the generous grows larger and larger, but the world of the stingy grows smaller and smaller. I believe that in my head, it sounds great, but I just can't seem to live it out. I can't seem to trust God is gonna be more than enough in my world. And so I don't give anything out and I just hold everything back. I wonder how many of you wrote commitment. If you're praying to God for more, more responsibility, more opportunity, and yet you're flaky with what He's currently asking you to do? Mm, I'm not sure how that's gonna go for you. Integrity. I wanna be someone who, who says, who does what they, they say they're gonna do, who follows through on their commitments, who, who doesn't say one thing and then do another, who doesn't say one thing to someone's face and, and gossip about them behind their back, who, who, who is the same in, in, in private as they are in public. I really wanna grow in that, God. I wanna be consistent. I wanna live with a greater level of integrity or addiction. You know, it's possible that some of you wrote that down, but see, addiction isn't, isn't the problem. It's, it's getting 
God to pop the hood of what's causing that addiction and do some, 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 some mechanics under the hood that's gonna allow you to, to, to see God break free and break through and go beyond. Because too many people are only interested in God changing their circumstances and not interested in God changing them. Now, Jesus asked the invalid this question that I used to think was stupid and now I don't. Do you wanna get well? And this is what the invalid said in response. Sir, at least he had good manners. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to get well? If you were sitting in the exam room and Jesus had that in front of you in writing, there will be just two boxes. Yes or no. And you tick one and you leave the other blank. This guy didn't even answer the question. And in fact, not only didn't he answer the question, he started throwing up all the excuses for how come his life is still like that. Oh, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Well, uh, in fairness to you, if this is kind of sounding a little bit, well, I don't understand what that all means. Let me, let me, let me show you a little Easter egg. In, in the app, in the Bible, tap that. For those of you, I'll give you a little Easter egg. Uh, you thought we just read at the start of this when I talked about the pool of Bethesda and the man laying there. We put up on the screen that we read verses one through six. Well, actually, we only read verses one through three and then verses five and six because if you have a, a little look, a little peer into, into your Bible in the New International Version, you will notice that verse four is not there. That, that, that John wrote verses one, two and three, then there's a little four with maybe an asterisk or a little A. And, and, then, and then it starts verse five, which is kind of weird. Verse four was considered to have been added in later. And so not all translations include it, but this is what verse four says in some translations. And if you click the little A, the little asterisk, it'll take you to the footnotes and verse four will magically appear. And this is what verse four will say. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. First one into the pool, after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease you had. Now, this is the guy's problem. First in wins, but he's an invalid. So he went running anywhere. The blind guy would beat him because the blind guy's legs worked. The deaf guy would, would, would beat him because the deaf guy's legs worked. First in wins and everyone else loses. And, and so interestingly, Jesus picked out the guy in the crowd that couldn't possibly have won the first in-win competition. And in fact, for 38 years, day after day after day, he had to watch an angel come down. He had to watch the waters get stirred and he couldn't even get his hopes up because he knew there was absolutely no chance that he was gonna be first in to the water for 38 years, day after day after day. And then Jesus comes here. But when Jesus asked him the question, do you wanna get well? Instead of giving a resounding yes, he started explaining things to Jesus. Jesus, you need to understand how things work around here. I'm not even gonna answer the question. It's, it's because you need to understand how it is for me. 
I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred and when I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Well, you know, the thing about that is actually that was a fact. Everything that the invalid said, even though he hadn't, didn't answer the question, everything he said instead of answering the question was a fact. Well, what about you? What about right here, right now, Jesus asking you the question about that thing you wrote on this piece of card. Do you want to get well? The answer should be yes or no, but I wonder how many of you are sitting there and have maybe even been sitting for quite some time leading up to this point in your life, explaining to Jesus how things work around here. Do you wanna get well, Jesus, mate? I come from a broken home. Okay, that may be a fact. Jesus, you need to understand just how unreliable my spouse is. That may be a fact. Jesus, you need to understand how many times I've tried and failed. That may be a fact. But what the invalid didn't know and what you need to know is that Jesus has the ability to override the facts. It's a little job privilege of being the creator of the world is you get to write the next chapter and you don't need anyone's permission. You don't need a book contract. You don't need an editor. You don't even need spell check. That's just how I spell it, all right? I'm Jesus. Spell it any way I want. Well, this message is called Where Breakthrough Begins. Maybe it's time I answered the question, where does breakthrough begin? Well, it begins right about here for this invalid who's yet to answer the question. Breakthrough begins where your excuses end. You can either stand in, up in Jesus' grill and try to get Him to understand the facts. Try to get Him to have a clear picture of just how things work around here. My brother, who's just over a year older than me, uh, when we were growing up, um, particularly primary school, early high school. Uh, we, <laughs> there wasn't a, as many options for uh, kids to amuse themselves then as there are now. And so during school holidays, occasionally my brother and I would we'd, we'd get a little stir crazy, stuck at home. And, uh, you know, occasionally, we'd start fighting verbally and then we'd start fighting physically. And it had gone for a little while. He's only a year older than me, so it wasn't domination of the dojo for either of us. It was more of sort of WWE, sort of fake wrestling kind of thing. But we're into it and we're screaming and... And then I'd hear, clump, 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 clump. 
and my mother, well, technically our mother, would appear in the doorway of whatever room in the house we were having our little fight. And she would scream three very definitive words at us. Cut it out. But instead of cutting it out, we would take the time to explain to our dear mother how things work around here. Well, he called me a name. Yeah, well, I only called you a name because you wouldn't let me use your tape recorder. Well, you, you, he, I didn't let him use my tape recorder because he didn't, he didn't let me use his tennis racket last week. And this would go on. And my mother, with big wooden spoon in her hand because it was still kosher to wallop kids back then, and I didn't mind it a bit. Would say some more faithful, faithful, and in this case, final words. She would say to us, I did not come in here to find out who started this. I came in here to finish this. And so Jesus steps right over the crippled man's excuses and gives him a command. Get up. Well, Jesus, I don't know if anyone's told you, but I don't do the walking thing. I've been here 38 years. I, I did not ask you who started this. I came here to finish this. Get up. Mm. Well, Jesus, you know, <laughs> I'm in a pretty good spot here. I, I, it took me years to kind of get from out in the, where, you know, there's not many people donating money and I'm like right by the doorway now and I, I'm getting the big bucks. <laughs> no, I did not come here to ask you who's enabling this. I came here to finish this. Jesus, I don't know, this getting up thing seems like a lot of work. Maybe just, how about you just fetch me a pillow? Help me just be a bit more comfortable in my dysfunction. I did not come here to continue this. I came here to finish this, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he got up. Then he picked up his mat and he walked. This is a key to breakthrough. We need Jesus to come down. And when Jesus comes down, when Jesus meets us here, he will often call for a response from us. And it's not 
ever a suggestion. It's not ever multiple choice. It's a command, get up. We need Jesus to come down and he calls us to get up. Stop wallowing in your dysfunction. Stop telling me what I can't do. Stop trying to explain to me how things work around here for you as if I didn't already know. Stop trying to tell me all the reasons you got to this way and and why you can't get out of this way. I did not come here asking that. I came here to finish that. 